As the light faded outside, I could not turn on the lights inside the flat. I did not want to alert anyone inside or outside the building that I was back. Instead, I crawled under the coverlet of the bed to create a space where I could read the thumb drive's contents without casting shadows on the windows. I felt like a child again reading magazines under my quilt with a flashlight. When the list of files opened, I couldn't have been more stunned or happier. Ben had trusted me with more than his life. Ben had put his private journals on the thumb drive. They held information, intricately detailed and recorded on a daily basis, starting long before his first overseas assignment. There were dates, actions, names, outcomes, numbers, and more. I was mesmerized by what I read, impressed with the scope of his assignments, appalled by the horrors that he unemotionally described, and astonished by his candor in recording it. What astonished me more was that Ben had succeeded in keeping his recruitment a secret from me for more than fifteen years. Between our junior and senior years at college when I'd been in Corfu chasing my ghosts, Ben had been sought out and signed up. He'd spent the summer learning how to be a ghost. Being a journalist would become his cover. His first job in New York was an assignment, not an offer. Ben had not gotten the job because he was an outstanding student. He'd gotten the job because he was willing to become an outstanding accomplice. As I read on, it became clear that most of what I'd been led to believe all those years had been part of an elaborate cover-up, if not a myriad of outright lies. Even Nielsen, Ben's boss in New York, hadn't known. I couldn't stop reading. The night faded, and without my knowledge, the dawn's light cast shadows across the floor. I was still reading when suddenly my battery went dead. The screen going black, throwing me into total darkness, startled me. I'd just begun reading his entry about an explosion. I stuck my head out of the covers and looked around. Cat was sound asleep next to me. Time was slipping away. I wouldn't be able to stay much longer. The room was getting light. Ben's writing had become stranger yet more compelling with each year's journal. After the second year's entries, I could no longer recognize his style of writing, and a few pages later, not at all. I remembered that this had been about the time when he quit letting me read his articles before he submitted them. What had happened to him? What was still happening to him? I had to get to Corfu. I had to find out. I pulled out the thumb drive and turned it over and over in my hand. I wasn't sure what I should do with it. There'd been no instructions, no note. I sat back down on the bed to imagine what Ben had been through, how his time in the Middle East had changed him, and why he had trusted me with this. Did he expect me to give it to someone? Did he want his journals published? What was his purpose in allowing me to read them now? He'd never done anything in his life without thinking it thoroughly through. So what was all this about? I kept questioning myself over and over again. The more I thought about our past fifteen years together, apart, together, apart, it began to make sense. Brilliant mind, great physical stamina, Ben had been a perfect candidate. He was too promiscuous ever to want a wife and children. He was gregarious, but on closer inspection was a loner. He didn't even share personal details of his life with me. 
I took that as normal for him. I didn't pry. He didn't offer. I was the perfect beard, a roommate who knew nothing, asked nothing. How could I have missed the clues? How could I have missed the obvious? Ben was a spy, but for whom?'